Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. We're talking about the nine qualities of a servant leader, and today the quality we're focused on is thinking long-term. Servant leaders think long-term. We've covered some of their qualities. They value diverse opinions, cultivate a culture of trust, develop other leaders, help people with life issues, encourage, sell instead of tell, think you, not me, and servant leaders think long-term. And they think about it in an obsessive kind of way. Pat Riley says to have long-term success as a coach or in any position of leadership, you have to be obsessed in some way. And we are obsessed here at Aim Higher at thinking about how to help people lead and aim higher to achieve extraordinary results and breakthroughs. When we think about thinking long-term, the opposite of that is short-term results. Servant leaders are always thinking about the next leader, the next opportunity, the next generation. It means a constant trade-off between what's important today versus what's important tomorrow. It's about making choices that benefit not just tomorrow, but for the long term in the future. Now, today, most corporations, many corporations anyway, are focused on the short term. They need to hit quarterly profit numbers. And that really brings a myopic kind of thinking in terms of short-term goals. And we've had entire generations thinking this way, short-term, right? Spending beyond their means, right? Putting this whole nation, putting nations into impossible debt because short-term thinking, we need to have these things right now. But short-term thinking is not the focus of a true servant leader who is thinking about the future. The servant leader considers strategies and actions that will help future leaders build on a solid foundation. The servant leader is one who is thinking, how can I make this place better so that others can come in and build upon it in the future? That's one of the reasons why a servant leader wants to build skills in the organization. Additionally, when we talk about servant leaders helping people with life issues, it's because it increases loyalty to the organization for the long term. A servant leader thinks long term, beyond the length of his or her term, right? It's not enough to create success in a quarter. It's not enough to create success in a year. The goal is to find a model that creates sustainable success. And sustainable success always involves other people. An authoritarian, selfish, power-hungry leader does not care about the future. Short-term results just don't work. They're not going to help for the long term. You don't want to be selfish to maximize today at the expense of tomorrow. So, of course, we want to hit the annual business plan. You want to hit your key results that you need to have for your year. You want to hit your goals if you're a sales executive, you want to make sure that you're hitting your numbers. If you're an operational leader, you want to make sure that you have determined what you know you need to do and accomplish those goals. And yet you want to balance that with the long-term success. Real success is hitting that plan, but setting it up for success years after you've gone. Some of the greatest things that I've seen in my own career was not the storied success that happened in that year, but I loved when the very first team I managed, not only did we win the uh, the leading team for that year, but when I left, they won it the next year 
and the year after that. So years after I had left, that team was still performing in the number one position. And, and it was particularly gratifying because it was the exact same people when I started and we were dead last. So we knew what it was like to be dead last in the world. And then we knew what it was like to be on top of the world. And guess what? Once you start to win, you want to win again. Once you've hit the mountaintop, you don't want to go down to the valley. So you look at how can we sustain this success? And then it becomes a passion, a, a way to just say, how can we make sure that we're keeping this long-term success, which is why Pat Riley says to have long-term success, you have to be obsessed in some way. We were obsessed with getting there and staying there and keeping that uh, success sustainable for the long-term. So to talk about this quality of a servant leader and thinking about long-term, we have a great panel. And they're coming back. So you've, you know them all because you've probably listened to the podcast we just had before. But we have Rebecca Kilzer, who helps organizations with new technologies, helps uh, bring people in and train users and understand the customer experience and the customer journey so that they can uh, exceed and excel and aim higher. We have Tammy Spade, who is an executive in various disciplines. I always pick one to focus on. Purpose. Purpose today. We're going to talk about purpose. And, you know, purpose fits with thinking about the long term. If you're focused on your purpose, you think long term, I think, much more than, well, I guess you could define your purpose as I'm trying to hit the quarterly number, but that's a boring, narrow, and wrong-minded purpose. Short term, not very satisfying. Not very satisfying. And we have someone who's just wandering by this uh, audio studio, and we thought we'd bring him in. He has a name tag named Drew Bordis, and so uh, we don't know you, so welcome, Drew. You're going to love me. Not sure who, who you are or what you do, but uh, Great. but welcome. I've worked with Drew for a long time. Long time. Feels long. Long time. Feels yeah. long term. Yeah, at least three, three days. A lot of long-term decision making going long on. Long term, yeah. So I think that when you have, uh, w when you work with people a long time, over a decade, you do think uh, longer term. And so to talk about this quality, we have this great panel. We're going to talk about that. Servant leadership and thinking long term. We've all seen this, right? Myopic focus, get it done. And sometimes we need to have that focus and get it done. We don't want to leave that. How do you deal with this tension as a leader between getting the short-term results you need, and also building this long-term foundation so that you can have sustainable success year after year. How do you deal with that tension? Because every day we are all dealing with those things and you want to balance those. You certainly, you can't think long-term if, if you end up going bankrupt, you know, right? That doesn't work. I, I think about Jeff Bezos. He, he had Amazon running in this incredible deficits, right? Incredible deficits year after year, losing millions and millions and millions of dollars. And yet his long-term view was so powerful and sustainable that he was selling the story. He was selling the vision and people were funding him, right? So he was able to balance that short-term with the long-term. But that is a very rare example because especially for a public company public company yeah. right so there are many other examples you can think of companies that went out of business and people say oh well you know the camera company just didn't know that digital was going to overtake them actually they did if you go back and study it it's not that they were shocked and surprised 
but they couldn't convince Wall Street to fund them through the transition and say, we're going to actually have no earnings for several years, et cetera. Or perhaps they didn't have the leader that could create the compelling enough vision and story that would get people on board with that transition. So how do you balance that? How do you get with people and wrestle with that long-term, short-term goal? To your point about what you've been saying about telling the story is I find that um, a lot of the projects that I end up working on are things that can provide a lot of benefit in the future, but people maybe don't know the detail yet, right? And so it, I spend a lot of time with in communication, helping people understand, okay, we, we have an option here to do one ABC, we're going to choose B. And the reason is because this gives us the opportunity to make better decisions or more agile decisions or whatever it is going forward. And so there's a communication element to it. Yeah. And I think knowing where you're going long-term um, helps because then you're able to say, okay, I, I'm, I'm looking for um, short-term kind of proof points, right? I, I want to see, I don't want to wait four years to see anything. There's gotta be, there's gotta be something along the way that says, yep, this looks like we're heading in the right direction, but you have to know where you're heading. If you don't, then you're just, how do you know you're making the right decision or not on just on a day in day out basis? I think the principle of investing is the best comparable, at least for me. So in answer to the question, how do you do it? When you think about investing, when you're at a point now in my, you know, earlier years, I won't say how old I'm now, but in my earlier years, investing seemed like, wow, I, I'm just trying to get through short term. And but now I, that you've hit 30? Now, now that I've hit 32, mm -hmm. actually 32. Oh, I didn't know you hit 32. Congrats. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you so much. What a great, on the great panel. I'm telling you. Um, but investing in the longer term, you do a little bit of investing here in the long term. Then you put a little bit maybe in the middle term. You put a little bit in the short term in case you need it, and then you're using other components. And I think when you think about leadership, it's very similar when you're thinking about skills that you're going to need in the future. If you have an opportunity to add somebody to your team, you're looking at what you need done today, but you're also probably looking at what the projects are gonna be at the end of the year. What are you gonna need in two or three years? Because you're putting a lot of resource and investment into that individual and they're putting a lot into the organization. So when you think about the principle of investing, it's really setting aside very specific amounts of time and energy to think about the long-term. I say that and it is very, very hard to do. You have to be almost religious about putting it on your calendar. It's not something you're just gonna check off in a day. Investing is a great analogy if you think about long-term versus short-term. And one of the underlying principles that was shared with me very early in my life was so very important to me and made a measurable difference in my own wealth-creating opportunities. And that was from my grandfather who talked to me about delayed gratification. So, Delayed gratification is an incredibly powerful investment technique to say, you know, if you earn your paycheck and you could spend all your dollars or euros or whatever currency you're in, wherever you are listening, you will have a very, very limited life. If you delay your gratification for something, you can not only get whatever it is you want, but you will have more than enough to invest and eventually to give it away and help others because it will continue because your investments will multiply on their own. Well, the same is true in leadership. 
sometimes a little delayed gratification, which may not hit this quarter, but builds for the long term is exactly the right thing to do. And I've seen that where if you have this massive investment in something, it may damage the results for that quarter or even that year. But if you're thinking long term, then you end up building something that becomes very powerful and silently is just building and building and building until all of a sudden the competition wakes up and says, we didn't know that was happening. And so how do you use this principle of delayed gratification in leadership? Because that's part of thinking long-term, getting people to think about, yeah, we might not see it this quarter. Drew often says, leading project meetings, hmm, things don't all end at the end of the fiscal year, right? Sometimes things go on. And it's that delayed gratification to say, yeah, this doesn't end really here. And yet that's the biggest impact we can make. We have to get this done. That's what's going to make the difference, regardless of the calendar. How does that make you, uh, how does that impact you? Well, and I think that that's one that just came up very recently for me where um, there were things we wanted to happen within the year and the goal and the timeline was to get them to, to finish and they didn't. And is, as I stepped back and looked at it, you know, I do want, I, we do want to hit our dates. We do want to do what we say we're going to do, but the projects and the efforts and all that are still good things and they still propel us toward our long-term vision. So you've got to balance that with the team of when everybody going around, you know, feeling bad and saying this is awful because we didn't hit the exact date. You've got to understand we want to hit our dates. And these are amazing things we're doing that are going to help the company go forward. And I think it's harder with those types of projects that I know pretty well because the complexity level is so extraordinary. Right. And therefore, people hadn't tackled them previously mm -hmm. because of that. And you have to have the courage to tackle it. We've talked about leadership and courage. You have to have the courage to tackle it. But it's that longer term thing. You're not going to always get the the sweetest results of, you know, yep, it all worked out right. perfectly. And yet selling that vision of, no, this is where we need to go and get back on track. And, and picturing long term, we're going to be happy that we did these things if you're thinking long term. Right. And and people 10 years from now will say, well, that they did the right, right thing. Right. That was a pivotal year for the organization. Delayed gratification and investing is such an important component, and it's an important part of, of leadership. So what else are you thinking when we think of delayed gratification? I think it's the last mile sometimes. Um, at least in my world, occasionally, we like to just finish and be done and say, okay, that's good enough. And sometimes it is good enough. You can't always strive for perfection. Often you would never finish at all. But there is often that last 10% that is the hardest part of it, that we want to just be done. And the team wants to be done. And it's tempting to say, let's just pause or let's just call this finished. That's delaying, I think, the gratification of celebrating and saying, good, it's over, we're done. Hiring, I think, is another good example we're shorthanded. We really just want to get, you know, a person into this role. I don't know if that's the right person, but let's just get him in. That's not thinking long term. You're getting short term satisfaction because you feel like, okay, you know, that's settled for now. But if it's the wrong person, the wrong fit for them, the wrong fit for us, you're creating a longer term issue. That's a good example. Yeah, because we can all we've all been there. Sales. I think sales is another great example. And customer relationships require long term investment. 
in many cases, certainly in, in the case of many companies I've worked with, because it's not a transactional kind of sale. It's a longer-term sale. So it's tempting to meet your numbers, but if you're doing that by using up your whole pipeline and you have nothing that you've invested in for the longer term, next year is not going to be very good. And I would much rather not sell somebody something that they don't need or want or isn't an elegant, perfect solution for them because that's not thinking long-term That's either. right. You want to think as a servant leader of them first. Think you, not me. And it has to work for you. And then it kind of works long-term. I also think about training people and organizational development and personal development. It is so much easier sometimes to get it done than to help somebody learn to how to do something. But the long term, we all benefit if more people have more skills and learn and grow, et cetera, than if we just say, let me get it done. I'll, I'll, let me solve that for you and, and work over the weekend and get it done. So servant leaders are constantly looking at developing other leaders because of this reason, right? It goes back to that other one of developing leaders for the long term because short term results are not as powerful as everyone working together. And that means you have to invest in them, train new skills and guide them. But that's going to take an awful long time. Sometimes it slows you down and you don't hit a milestone you wanted to by the time you wanted to because you were training somebody, but you could have hit that goal or you could miss the goal, but have 10 people then that could get it done. And so now the entire organization is propelled forward at a much faster rate. Do you see that kind of struggle with uh, getting it done and thinking long term? I think one of the things that um, came to mind as you were talking is sort of a perspective of abundance as opposed to this perspective of scarcity. And that comes into play, I think, when you're onboarding new team members, you're working with um, customers who are trying to get up to speed with, you know, your product functionality or whatever it is. And if you, there's, there's plenty for everybody to do and there's plenty for everybody to learn. And like you said, bringing everybody up only helps everybody succeed. And so I think keeping all those principles in mind as you're thinking about the long-term success of any given project, organization, your life, those things all um, are intermixed. Thinking long-term is such a critical leadership skill, and it's one that I have not seen talked about as much as it should be. And it happens in the business world, it happens with results, and it happens personally, right? So if somebody wants to be fit and healthy and follow a nutrition and health plan, if they're thinking short-term, they will not necessarily be thinking about what does that mean for me long-term, and thus... Why not have some more French fries? Why not order another beer? This is thinking very short-term happiness and not necessarily long-term. Drew, could you pass me that? Can you have long-term guilt with your short-term decisions? Because that's <laughs> that seems to be my happy place. It could be. Pass me yeah. pass me those fries. Yeah. <laughs> Are peanut M&Ms short-term or long-term? Well, there's protein. There's protein in there. There's yeah. peanuts. I think, yeah. I think it's okay. works for you in the long I could term. wax eloquently about the benefits of dark chocolate. So if you eat the dark chocolate peanut M&Ms, it's much better for that you. The bioflavonoids. made in heaven. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. And particularly if you put them in the refrigerator or freezer, I have found that makes them much better. And this is a completely uh, free plug for these peanut M&Ms. Yeah. They are not an official sponsor yet. Of this aim it's coming. Yeah. Yes, it's coming. but it is it is really a magic uh, made in heaven. And th there are times when you got to think short term. 
And that may be one of them. Well, and don't you think parenting is a great example of this, too? I remember in our family, I made blueberry muffins two or three Saturday mornings a month. And when our kids were little, at one point, can can we help? Can I help? And I always had a list of things I was going to get done on Saturday morning. And I remember the can I help thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to take me three times as long. And, you know, the kitchen's going to look like a flower explosion happened and the kids are going to need baths. And But um, it, it was a sweet memory, first of all. But secondly, I think they learned how to right. how to do it. Um, and certainly not that adults in the workplace are comparable to children. But I was writing something this week. I could have sent it back. Um I needed to get it done, and I ended up just sending it back and saying, I think you need to do this with it, rather than rewriting it myself. Which would be faster. Which right. would yeah. have been that is faster. A, that is a tough trade-off. There, you know, another... another um, uh, before you say that, though, Drew, we're in meetings with Tammy every Monday morning. I'm not sure I've ever had the blueberry muffins. Have you? They're to die for. I stay on Tammy's good side, generally. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think I had that. I Sounds like you have had them, Drew. <laughs> no, I just mean I don't cross her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think I think the true development of a service servant leadership, thinking you, not me, some blueberry uh, muffins, would, yeah. would be bringing in. I think a you simple. would like to make some blueberry noted, muffins. noted. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I'd feel much more compelled that way if they were chocolate chips. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I can live without the blueberry. All I was going to say was um, back to back to business is, um, <laughs> if, you know, one way of, of being able to tell, you know, you can do this as a consumer, you can do it in, in the workplace of whether a company is um, short term or long term focused is how do they treat customers that are leaving, right? They're, you know, you've done it yourself with you're leaving a cable company or, or whatever, and how do they treat you? And then, you know, we have it in our business and in other businesses of just a customer, unfortunately, is going to going to exit, choose a competitor. How do you treat them? Right. And one of the things we talk about here is we want them to leave well in the rare times that it does happen. We want them to have a great experience. We want them to have a long term experience with us and don't let this one decision impact that. That's a really good one. Makes me immediately think about the cable company when I moved and. I had such trouble returning the cable box and they chart. And I thought that this is crazy. And I took pictures of the the box. I took pictures of me putting it into the envelope. I knew they were going to do this. I sent it certified mail with signature and lo and behold, they start sending me a bill for hundreds of dollars that I hadn't returned it. And so I wrote their general counsel with all my evidence and said, you know, if you, if you need to, I'm sure I could file a class action lawsuit because I believe this is probably a pattern. And it was solved within that day. But you yeah, probably won't ever do business with them again. Well, unfortunately you have to, right? If you, well, no, I guess now you can, you have different options. So cut we didn't, cord. we didn't have that. Yeah. You can cut the cord, uh, but, but some of them have changed as well in, in the process. So I think it is important. It's also important for employees. And I think this is something that people miss is employees leave, right? Not just, oh yeah. so employees leave and organizations often treat them horribly on the way out, whether they retire, leave, Mm -hmm. quit, even if they get fired. And uh, that has to change, right? You want to think about your relationship on the way out just because it's not a fit, whether they decided or you did doesn't mean you have to be rude. Now there's emotions involved and it takes time, but hopefully those people can look back fondly and say, well, you know, I learned things there. It was a good experience. 
and they treated me well. I've seen some organizations that as you leave treat you so horribly and weirdly that you um, just end up with a very bad feeling and, and that damages their brand, you know, long-term because they're not thinking long-term if they do that, because inevitably somebody will say, Hey, you know, I see you work for such and such on LinkedIn. Could you tell me more about them? And you, if they're a good friend, you say, Oh, you want to go where? Right. And that's not good for their brand. Right. So servant leaders think long-term, not short-term. So there are nine qualities of a servant leader, and we've talked about them in eight of them so far, valuing diverse opinions, cultivating a culture of trust, developing other leaders, helping people with life issues, encouraging selling instead of telling, thinking you, not me, and thinking long-term. These are all qualities of a servant leader, and it's incredibly important. Peter Drucker says leadership is lifting a person's vision to high sights, the raising of a person's performance to a higher standard the building of a personality beyond its normal limitations. That is the essence of aiming higher. And so we we hope that thinking long-term is one of the qualities that you cultivate in your own leadership practice because it will make you a better leader and it will help you to aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.